Let me read some. Oh, no, 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 no. I never, I never let anybody read my stories. Why not? Well, what if they didn't like them? What if they told me I was no good? I don't know if I could take that kind of a rejection. And that's from Back to the Future with, and that was George McFly, the papa, the dad, who just is just very insecure. And have you had those moments in your life where you just feel insecure, you just feel tongue-tied, or maybe you feel like that is the core of your life. You just have never felt that confidence. Well, how can you build confidence? Is it possible for you? And the answer is, of course, yes. It's all based on skills and having the right outlook on life, the right um, perspective on yourself, and then earning the confidence, taking risks, some psychological risks that are within reason for you. You can take uh, smaller steps if you want and build up to something a little bigger, and you build confidence that way. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist here to take your calls and questions on anything that's on your mind. And even though it's not therapy, it's an opportunity to maybe see something from a different perspective. And right now, I want to welcome Amber to the show. Amber, your parents... Uh, hi, hon. Your parents abandoned you? Uh, my father left me when I was seven. Okay. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. And mom? Uh, mom's around, but she wasn't necessarily a great mom. In what way? I mean, you know, she didn't really take responsibility of my life. I felt like, you know, and I try to look at a different perspective that maybe she, you know, she had a lot of responsibility on her and she didn't really know what she was doing. I was a first child, but at the same time, it's like she never pushed me to get my license. She never pushed me to go to college. She kind of just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And as a teenager, you know, you want to do whatever you want to do. Right. You have to have that parental thing being like this isn't what you want to do because I know better and you should be doing this and I never got that from her so most kids complain about that right you know my mother she won't let me go out or she's got a curfew or whatever and they don't know that that's showing some level of caring that's showing that I value you I care about you I'm tuned into you I'm aware that you're going out tonight I'm worried because you're with a group of kids that I'm not that comfortable with and with you your your mom was so hands off that it felt like you were invisible like she didn't it didn't matter like you didn't matter it wasn't that I was invisible. It's just like, you know, she obviously had a lot of love for me. It was just more that she didn't really understand how to take the responsibility of a child. Okay, so you're saying... necessarily, like, g- make them grow into a better person. Like, she understood how, how, how to have a child and love them and stuff, but she didn't necessarily how to mold them and make them Got be it. a better person than they so could be. So it wasn't as bad as I mentioned. You're saying that you did feel that she valued you, she loved you. It's just that she didn't get the skills for herself. She was either on overload or she just didn't know how to guide you. And so she, instead of discovering the skills, it was more hands-off in a way that was I'm, not good. I, so, I, would like, I would like to think that, yes. Right. So um, tell me tell me what would you like some help with now? I mean, I feel like I'm going to be 27 in a couple of weeks. Okay. And I feel like I'm reaching that time in my life where 
I can't disregard every problem that's gone wrong in my life that I actually have to, like, get it face-to-face. Like, you know, my father left me, and I went through a lot of physical abuse as a child, and I feel like, you know, I left when I was 17 on my parents' house, and I felt like that was just an act out of me just to get away from the abuse and everything. But I felt, you know, my mom knew about it, and she never stopped it because she's not necessarily a strong person to really say, hey, stop hurting my child. She just kind of let it happen. And even though I love her and I forgive her, at the same time, there is a little resentment there. And, you know, when I tried to get my license today, there's, like, all this stuff that I have to do, but I feel like this is something I should have done 10 years ago because I should have had the parental support to get a license and to have that independence and do something with my life, and I never got that support from my So parents. what I'm hearing is that you did not have a very warm, nurturing life. You were at, Who was abusing you if Dad left it when you were seven? Uh, it's, it's a really weird situation. Like, my mom met my stepdad, and, you know, they did their thing, but my stepdad was involved with this woman named Joan, who was the mother of his best friend. And the best friend died of cancer. But then Joan kind of just continued to stay with him. And then when I grew up, when my mom married my stepdad, she just kind of put herself into the family because she was there. And she was the one that actually, like, did the physio. I mean, I remember going to elementary school and having teachers ask me if if I needed to talk about anything that went on at home because... I would show up in school and bruises, but it's not necessarily, you know, when you're 12 years old, right. like, what are you going to say? Right, or right. 11 it's 11 years old, you know, it's just... It can be scary because you can open up a can of worms. What will happen to you? lives with my parents. Yeah. So it's like, it's very hard for me to, like, go back on holidays, like Christmas or Thanksgiving because she's still there. And as much as they're like, well, Amber, you know, you need to learn to you know, get used to her, and it's like, I don't think you understand that, like, I have, it's not, I hate to say that I hate someone, but it's, I have, I don't even want this person in the same room with me because of the same things she did to me as a child. Okay, so here's the deal with forgiveness. People will say, forgive and forget, and to me, that is totally unjust because you had, you have real wounds. You have very... Um, you have memories of those psychological wounds that she gave to you, and you want to recover from them. You want to heal them. You want to move on with your life. So when people say forgive and forget, it's like you give people a pass. It's like you can take an eraser and erase what they did and then treat them in a way that they haven't earned from you. She hasn't earned your respect. She hasn't earned your love. And you never have to do that, Amber. Never. I know. And, you know, I've talked to my mom, and I was like, the last time I talked to her, I was like, you know, if you want things to be right, I need that person to apologize to my family and my grandparents for the things that she did to me growing up. Yeah. They didn't know about it, and they just recently found out about it. So it's like, I want her, if she can apologize to my family, there might be a chance for forgiveness. And apologies like, are very specific. People can have cheap apologies. I'm sorry for whatever I did, Amber done. Or I'm sorry if I made you feel unhappy. That's not an apology. A real heartfelt apology is, uh, 
really facing themselves like you're like self like you're saying you're coming face to face with yourself and you're wanting a better life you're at the age of 27 you want a license and I give you uh, I'm sitting here cheering for you kudos to you because that is great that's the best yeah I want to move on I want to be a that's exactly right and you have a right to feel resentment towards your mom but you don't want to swim in resentment because then it robs you of your life so you want to own you you want to own your own life you want to uh, be aware that you've been through difficult times you want to have empathy for yourself you want but you're not going to change your parents I mean you can talk with them but I don't want to blame it on my mom but I just but your people can get to apologize to my family for the things she did to me that was out of my family's control and I wouldn't hang around waiting for an apology because I don't even know if I would believe an apology believe an apology from that type of a woman and sometimes believe it or not I've worked with a lot of abused children, I mean, even real young ones, two and a half years old, and many times they are more angry with the healthier parent who could have protected them than they are toward the perpetrator, the person that was abusive. And it's like, why didn't you do something? Now, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you have any of those feelings, it's normal. So don't beat up on yourself. And you still can love the aspects of your mom that you love and maybe meet her outside of the house and keep it limited to what you're at home with. You set the terms. And then the biggest piece is to come face to face with what are your dreams? What are your hopes? What are your desires? What would it mean to you to get a license and pursue those for yourself? Because nobody can take that away from you, Amber. And nobody. I understand that, but also like as a woman, you know, you want to create a family, but I feel like at the same time, you know, I can think of it psychologically because my father left me as a child. I obviously have daddy issues. Right. I, I would obviously, right. I've obviously been attracted to men they're like twice my okay age, so here I feel with you to change them you know what i can talk with you after the break what i recommend is our the book i wrote with dr lot lock which is uh the selfish path to romance and hang on and i'll talk with you I need to feel important. Instead, I'm living in the shadows of her life. Her family and friends are everything. I feel invisible. I thought my husband's love would be enough to help him get over my affairs. Why can't he just forgive and forget? What does he think he is? Perfect? He's so selfish. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of The Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com. 